Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Ida Rodriguez. Funny Ida. Nathan Stevenson, DJ and uh, manager of the Comedy Club. JB. Andy Brad Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We'll be back. We've got Strange News and Ida Rodriguez next, right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Let it build. Why do you always start with the songs that have got the most quiet lead in for me? I know. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's the who. All right. We're back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back in studio live on Monday mm-hmm. with Catherine and the rest of the crew. I'm rounding out the week and sitting next to me from House of Comedy. She has two shows tonight, one at 7.30, one at 9.45. Tomorrow, 7 and 9.30, and Sunday, yes. rounding it out with a 7 p.m. show. We have Ida Rodriguez. Where are you from, Ida? I'm from Florida. Oh, um, so this is kind of a horrible culture shock weather system that you've got going <laughs> with, huh? It's a whole lot of stuff going on. It's like, I've never seen this many white people in one place <laughs> that, that, on tele- other than on television. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in Florida. Yeah, I'm from Miami. Ah, so, yeah, because so he's makes like, sense. Yeah. yeah, he knows that up above Florida is practically Georgia. So, yeah. it's a whole different yeah, world. Yeah, so if you get like the middle of Florida, though, you know. Because I uh, I've been going to West Palm Beach pretty much my whole life for anywhere between two weeks and four months per year, so yeah. I got some Depends I got experience with on the run from the law. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, it's diverse there too, though, because it's it's still South Florida. You know, West yeah. Palm is where it ends. We just yeah, got nothing like Miami though. No, we just got back from a cruise from Tampa to Nassau. Oh, nice. And we got off, and people in Tampa were complaining, oh, man, it's cold. It was like 69 <laughs> degrees. Oh, they're out there shivering in parkas. I'm like, we look at our sk- going home. We're heading back to negative 3 and 33 inches of snow. So, Oh, no, this is, you, we die. In this. <laughs> were, no. well, you guys have been getting some snow this year, too, right? Parts yeah, certain parts. I was in Nevada uh, last week, and oh, it was snowing. Right. And uh, it snowed in Bakersfield, too. I was in Bakersfield, California. Oh, so you're the reason. Yeah, everywhere you I go. You went to Nevada, there was snow, Bakersfield, Reno, Come to Minnesota. Yeah. Even I was in Richland, the Tri Cities area. Sure. And it was snowing. And they yeah, were like, Reno's we at least up in the 
mountain, so right. it makes some sense to get yeah. some. Yeah, but Richland and the Tri Cities, they don't get snow, and they were like, "Yeah, this is rare. We've never, we never get snow." And I was like, "I keep bringing it everywhere I go." <laughs> I went to we go to Vegas every year for Super Bowl. My dad and my son and I, and we went, and I think it was about ten years ago. It starts snowing. And we're at uh, Slots of Fun Casino because we're cheap, right? And we're down at Slots of Fun. And they've got one of these craps tables pushed outside. And everybody's thrown off and the sky starts snowing and it's getting colder and colder. And Vegas, literally everybody just, it's like Godzilla was there. Everybody just stopped and starts staring into the sky. And yeah. what the hell is happening to Vegas? Pulling tables in and, and people pull it. It's great to watch other states melt down when you get a little bit of mm-hmm. It's funny because they go there with the expectation that it's going to rain money. Yeah, <laughs> but no, new that's something them. new. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. So you're uh, you're from Florida. I am. I'm from Florida, uh, Miami, Florida. I have to say that because Miami is a whole different world. I was just <laughs> telling Steve, um, you know, and, and I'm bilingual. My parents are Latin, and I know I, I speak English and Spanish. But um, it's a place where people refuse to assimilate, so a lot of people don't learn English. So I'm, I'm at the pharmacy arguing with the lady because I need her to know my prescription in English right. <laughs> and she's telling me in Spanish and I'm like I'm telling her I understand what you're saying in Spanish but do you know what this means in English because my kidneys are depending on it and it's really funny because it's a whole different world uh, it's just a bunch of little cities of people who have created their own country mm. in Miami yeah, it was funny. I <laughs> I just saw it in my timeline as a memory, memory. A couple years ago, I was at a Chinese buffet, and the um, the little uh, Hispanic girl, she looks at her mom, she goes, huh, I wonder how you, we say teriyaki in Spanish. And I thought it was the most cutest thing ever. I mean, how... How would you say it? It's I mean, teriyaki. Teriyaki, teriyaki yeah, but yeah, it was but it was no so Spanish cute. word for. Uh, <laughs> no. How do you say teriyaki in Spanish? Although I'm baffled because when we were on the cruise ship, right, they had a um, Japanese restaurant run by Hispanics, and of then course. you stop by the Asian uh, or you stop by the Mexican um, stop in the the ship, and it's run by all the uh, Asians that are not. And I'm like, what is the Guys swapping is this yeah. a trade out for this? But it's the same at the mall here. If you hit up any yep, of the, the food courts, whatever nationality food they're serving, you will not find one of the people from that nationality. <laughs> they're so fed up with their own food, I guess they've moved over. I, I don't know. <laughs> did you speaking of food, when you were in the Bahamas, did you have crack kunk? Did you taste it? No, I did not. <laughs> that's their, that's their right, dish. Yeah, they're big conch shells. Yeah, the, but they the, fry the, it. Right. It's delicious. Yeah, I don't tell uh, you our our guide, my wife. And, and our friend Nikki went off to go swim with the dolphins over on Balmoral Island. Mm-hmm. So my buddy and I were, oh, let's take a tour. <laughs> Man, that was not a great plan. Nassau is not a very pretty. There's like Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Is gorgeous. <laughs> there's like two blocks of pretty, and then you are deep in the slums. And yeah. the guys, this one, the tourists on the on the bus with us were hilarious. The woman goes, can we stop? I want to get coconut uh, water, you know, get a, a fresh coconut. And he's like, Sure. And he starts to pull over. She goes, no, not here. I don't want touristy coconuts. And he turns around and he goes, woman, touristy coconuts? The whole damn island is touristy. I'm not driving into the hood to get you a $5 coconut. And it was just hilarious as they're going on. But the the place was crazy. I mean, just two blocks off, they don't have running water. No. They've got, like, places you can go fill up jugs for water. They don't have indoor plumbing. It seems like you went to the fire festival. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> Only I was able to leave. Uh, but yeah, he said, "Don't eat things here." He goes, "Eat on your ship when you get back." I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah." And we walk into the one place, and there's the Queen's steps. There's 64 steps for every year that Queen Victoria. Right. Right. And, and we pull up there, and there's a woman with like a rusted out Dodge, and her trunk is open, and she's got this big kettle and a cooler, and she's stirring some kind of gumbo and selling gumbo from her trunk. <laughs> and, and he goes, I know it looks tempting, but let's wait till we get back to the ship. And I'm like, all right, you sold me. Uh, is it great to see all the different cultures as you travel around and yes. and kind of immerse yourself? I love that you said that you've never seen so many white people in one place. <laughs> you know, I got the, the funny thing is that I got on the... Um, we were at the airport, and it's the airport is also like that, where you go, where you see where people are going. Like we got off the plane, and we saw all these white people that looked like they were going hunting. Mm-hmm. And then I looked up, and they were going to Tulsa. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there was no diversity. There was not an Asian person. There wasn't a brown person. It was funny. And then, um, yeah, you know, I I pride myself in. Um, my family is very multicultural, mm-hmm. you know, and now I'm about to sound like that senator yesterday and say, I got white, I got nieces and nephews that are people of <laughs> color. But I actually have a nephew named Benjamin 
blonde hair, blue eyes, white mom. And so I, I just, uh, I see the world through the eyes of a comedian. And so I just see people who happen to be everything. And uh, the funny thing is that as much as people like to pride themselves in being so uh, different than everybody else, we're all pretty much the same. Right. You know what I mean? Like I look at people in their, in their own habitat in their own environments, doing their own thing, and they all do the same thing. Grandma is always sacred. Grandma overrides mom. Dad is always in the corner sleeping. You know, like it's <laughs> it's it's such a it's so interesting to watch human beings because we get caught up in all everything that makes us different. But what makes us the same is what makes us funny. Hey, Amen. That's what, and I think it's funny <laughs> that that you talk about that. Having grown up and watching my my dad's parents were old school Chicago Pollocks, right? Okay. And we, you go downtown and slurs come out left and right, and nobody bats an eye. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And then they come out to visit us one day, and my buddy Kenny comes over, and he's a man of color. And my grandparents just sat there with their mouths open, like, what the hell is happening? You're letting, <laughs> you're letting him in here? I'm like, this is 1980s. What, what culture are you still a part of? But it's watching his family and then my family, exact same thing. We're doing the same stuff. Everybody's got the same goofy humor running behind the scenes. I, and it's it's just baffles me in 2019 that people are still of yeah. the mindset that you can't be as good as me because I'm white or right. you're you're dark. It just doesn't make any sense. I and I keep thinking, oh, we're gonna we're gonna break past that, and we're slowly nudging past it. Yeah. But I don't. It. I. How is it that we're so alike? But nobody can come together on these things. It's it baffles me. I think it's a real like a universal self esteem issue. I think that when you need somebody else to feel better, if you need to have somebody be less than you for you to feel better about yourself, it just speaks about how you feel about yourself. Because for me, I'm Puerto Rican, and Puerto Ricans are natural born citizens in America. Mm-hmm. For me to say I'm better than a Mexican because they're not. It doesn't do anything for me. You know, I feel pretty I feel pretty solid as a human being that I don't need to, you know, just down somebody else to feel good. But I think that it's just a universal self-esteem issue. Once you feel good, people who feel good about themselves don't have time to try to make other people feel bad. You right. know what I mean? And you you can go even deeper with like um black people. There's a uh, bias within black people with dark skin and light skin. Yeah, that's crazy. Good hair, bad hair, whatever. Right. I mean, it was a theme of a Spike Lee movie back in the 80s. Which one? Uh, I'm struggling. School days. Yeah, school days. Okay. But, yeah, and, you know, you, you just sit there and you kind of go, well, just because that person's family may have at some point mixed in a different race and then their skin tone changed and their hair changed and this, that, and the other, doesn't make them any different than... Anybody else? We had. Uh, I was living in a, in northern part of Minnesota up here, and we had uh, a lot of Somali neighbors. Right? Mm-hmm. They don't like white people in our area. That it just there was no question that we were like not well, you, not happy to have us here. And one day they're out there, and their kids are pitching rocks at the front of their house, and my daughter's standing outside watching them throw rocks at the front of their house. And I open the window and I go, get in here. She goes, why? I go, because one of these idiots is going to break a window and you're going to take the flack for it. So she walks in and as soon as she passes the threshold of our door and the door shuts, you hear, and they scatter. Just gone, right? Fifteen minutes later, their mom's knocking on the door. Your daughter threw a rock through a window. I'm like, no, my daughter didn't. She starts calling the race card and everything. So the cops show up. He's like, yeah, so she's saying you're being racist. And I go, hang on. And I call down to my daughter, who's half black. And I go, honey, is daddy being racist? You were standing here. Did I say anything racist? And the cop just starts laughing. He goes, yeah, we have a lot of problems with these neighbors over here. They would just vanish. It was it was the creepiest thing. They'd be there one day, vanish the next. Curtains are open, pouring rain. The cops that show up, go through a walkthrough. There's nothing in the house. Two days later, there's 42 people living in that house again. <laughs> it's just the most bizarre situation. But I couldn't, again, I couldn't understand. Like, what, where's the hatred coming from? You know what, where it comes from? 
Um, and I'm, I'm about to get uh, as political as I'll get on this thing. It okay. comes from the top 1%. And it, you hear that a lot, and people don't really understand what it is. It's very profitable for, for conflict and confusion. I mean, it goes back to slavery, even not just beyond black people. White, though, sharecroppers were told, you're better than the black people but because your skin is white. And then they had, you, but go do that work for us. We'll right. pay you a little bit more. And it's been so profitable to keep people within conflict because of the divide and conquer. So I think that when you start thinking about us, everybody's just trying to make it. You know what I mean? You think about you trying to raise your kids, you're trying to make it another day. You really don't have time to be worried about this foolishness because apparently uh, we are all you know, immortal. Steve Jobs had all that money and cancer still took him to let right. us, you know, it's a reminder that we are all just immortal. But it's just that re- the the constant conflict that we live in is because we don't have any solidarity. And it should be us against them. We, when you are, and, and my friend Jenk uh, says this all the time, whenever you feel uh, the tightness, don't look down, look up, because the oppression is always coming from the top. It's not coming from people who are, you know, doing worse than you. They can't take something from you because they're not, they're not doing as well as you. We are so caught up minding each other's business that we are, we just continue to struggle. And it's all, um, a, you know, it's, and it's not even just a, an American thing. It's an international thing. If you go all over the world, I went to Israel a few years ago. And I met with these mothers that were uh, Israeli moms and Palestinian moms that are working really hard to resolve the conflict because that's all they want. Because it's their kids that are going out there to do the fighting. And they're like and the Israeli moms are like, our kids are, are walking around with machine guns at 17 years old. So this is we don't want that for our children. Right. But they were like, but these politicians are all going to dinner. They're all kicking it. They're hanging out. And it is we who pay the ultimate price when we have to bury our kids. So I just think it's very profitable for conflict. You know, it's interesting you bring it up because as soon as you said that, I'm like, no, it's not the top tier. It's the it's the lower, um, I hate to say class because that sounds bad, but I mean, it's the lower income sides of it on, on all sides. But as you were describing, I'm like, oh, it's because the upper is pushing down and creating. Because now yeah. that I think about it, you never see the lower to middle class citizens on TV talking about these situations. It's always somebody from the elite who's then making it a racial issue. Yeah. And and then that starts to incite anger, whether it's from the the white, the black, the yellow, whatever, it's somebody from above pushing and creating this this irritation. And it's yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous to, then, to watch that happen. Yeah, because then what they do is be like, oh you have a problem, I will solve yep. it for you. Yeah. And they oh, never for me. And they, and they yep. get, stay within that power they keep that power and mm-hmm. it's power grab. You know, I tell you this, that, that it was all this arguing about the uh the immigrants taking the jobs right Mm -hmm. and in california they have this big trump farmers for trump movement so they deported all these immigrants and then they were crying about not having food because nobody wanted to go take those jobs to mine the crops Mm -hmm. so we we were suffering because we didn't have you know we didn't have the crops because nobody wanted to do those jobs the jobs that the mexicans are taking from everybody let's uh, take a quick break ida rodriguez our guest when we return to the tom bernard show It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilski from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this Super ID I've been hearing about? Great question, Tommy. Super ID uses your face proof and your finger proof to keep your identity and your money secure. It's really a foolproof way to protect your family and your business from identity fraud. It's simple, fast, and oh, the best part is that it's free to our customers. Super ID, super easy, and super secure. Visit nabanco.com or see my personal banker to get the scoop on XCheck and Super ID. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. 
being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Welcome back to the show. This is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Dave Schrader filling in. Ida Rodriguez, our guest. She'll be at the House of Comedy tonight, 7.30 and 9.45. Tomorrow, 7 and 9.30 and Sunday. Check her out at 7 p.m. At least you've got the weather for people that are going to be bored and cabin fever to get out and want to see something fun. Get back out into these uh, clubs, guys. Get out and have some fun. Support the local entertainment. Support all these great entertainers that are coming to our state that you don't naturally get to see. And go out and have some fun. You deserve it. And House of Comedy, I think, is probably one of the best venues in the Twin Cities. I love going there. My wife and I enjoy going there. Every time we go, it's a great grouping, great people, great staff that works there. And it doesn't break the pocketbook. It's a great night out for not, not a whole lot of money. Yeah. You know, and you guys come out to see me. Um, I won't be talking about any of the stuff that we talked about (laughs) in the first segment. I'm not going to bore you like that. But I demand to be taken to these uh, fishermen houses that are on these ice lakes. Like I I was saw it on the news yesterday. Fish houses. The fish houses. I want to go there. Like I want to. Yeah, I want to take a picture for my Instagram. That would make me cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't even want to do that. No, uh, they, it mm-mm. looks fun. Well, Depends oh. on how cold it is. It's actually not bad right now. It's, you got yeah. You got to really want to get away from well, your family to mm-hmm. go sit on a bucket in a small house mm-hmm. on the ice and fish. Some, That's some people like make them pretty fancy, though. Yeah. Now they're so fancy. That's true. How big? How big do they get? Usually? Depends. Some of them are like like those Biffy outhouses, uh-huh. and you sit in there, and mm-hmm. it's just enough room for you and a hole, right? And they can be as big as this room. Like a, yeah, cabana. Yeah. You can get out there that'll that'll build up. I just... They got pop-up shops. I mean, I heard it was... Yeah. Listen, I live in the city where the Kardashians are an attraction. Uh, I'd rather go see a, ice house, a fish house. That's crazy. Some ice. <laughs> Kardashians. So do you think like 70, 80, 90 years from now, they're going to be like Jurassic Park trying to find DNA to rebuild Kardashians <laughs> so that the world Ugh. can go see them somewhere? Uh, we hope not. <laughs> yeah, that is just one of the strangest family... I, I, I still don't understand... Yeah. The phenomenon. Right. It's it all goes with everything that's happening from politics to entertainment. All of it met. You remember where politics was separate from entertainment. Now it's, you know, this president is a rock star. This president is it's become the worst thing that I think ever happened to us is probably Twitter. You know, social media. It really is. Because it created, uh, it merged everything and made everything entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it just it's become. um where people get their information from, they're not reading books, they're not doing research. It's like no, they, we become. Uh, if you can't tell me in 140 characters, I've lost interest. I have a hard time. People send. I get about 100 emails a day, and people are telling me, you know, stories or questions. If it goes past a paragraph or two, my mind just starts melting down. I'm like, what happened to me? I used to love to read. Now I'm like, oh, so many words. <laughs> we could do so much with 140 characters. Just get to the point. But it, yeah, it's funny how it's shaped. The way yeah. we think, the way we work, our, our whole life. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you get a chance going out and sitting in a nice house, just to. I want to see what it what it's like. Um, I want to see the pop up. Everybody in here is like, nah, you don't want to do that. Well, it's like it's like living near Disney. So do you? <laughs> you don't want to yeah. go to Disney. Oh, I but, see. But uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, some, it's, you know, some of them are basically a tent. Yeah. And some of them are an actual structure. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a date that they can be out there. And then a date that they have to be removed by. Because right. they will stay well past the point where they'll fall, fall through the ice right. if you let, let them. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, that's dedication. They're like, I won't fall through, and then oh, they do. I don't know if dedication is the right word. <laughs> Stupidity. <laughs> yeah. When you see guys, and it's like been four days in a row of 50-degree weather, and they're driving their 4 by 4 trucks right. out on, on the, the ice, ice to go mm-hmm. get their, their yep. structure. I, I I gotta guess at the bottom of Minnesota lakes there has got to be close to three trillion dollars in ice houses and trucks. <laughs> oh yep. wow! It's just oh I yeah. You I, do you know anyone who does that? Does anyone in here yeah, know? I mean son, I know guys does. who does. I've ice fished. 
I used yeah. to. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of ice. I like to be in a boat in the summer out on the lake. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have ice fished. I know some people have some crazy ass uh, ice fishing houses. I mean, they have satellite TV with big flat screens in mm-hmm. them. They have like a like a stove fire. That's in what there. I'm saying. You got to really dislike your family to go ice fishing. <laughs> You're sinking all that money just the, to get away quietly. The, this one guy, he had about six holes uh, drilled, had a line in each six holes, and then he. Uh, rigged it up to this thing where if there was a fish on the line, the light would turn on. Wow. Oh, Yeah. Wow. So then he's like, oh, I got a fish. He'd go over, pull it in, and pop it back in the water. So too many years of video games. That's what he's done. He's created <laughs> a video game system for catching fish. Why not just, yeah, why not just make the reel automatically reel itself in at that point? Just uh, <laughs> So it's leave cold and... inside of these houses then? No. no it's Because you get toasty. little heaters. They'll, they'll uh-huh. get these, like, little portable heaters that... And again, it, that, that's another point. When you're sitting on ice, heating the area you're yeah, in, that just that sounds, sounds weird. counterintuitive to staying alive. Do, has any have there has there been any fires or explosions oh, yeah. because of oh, yeah. Yeah. that? Doesn't sound like a good. Place. There's been explosions and there've been. Um, People have died from asphyxiation. Oh yeah, they'll like start a fire in the ice house and then. Or the sometimes propane tank doesn't isn't yeah. working correctly and. Yep. You know, Okay, that, 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 uh... <laughs> Sounds yeah. like fun, sure good time. <laughs> See, now, my, my son uh, does something for, um, every year called the Polar Plunge. Oh, which, I which heard about that yesterday. Raising money, yeah, for the, uh, for Special Olympics. And people, if you're interested, you can go make a donation at darknessradio.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, click on that, and help my firefighter son do this. Uh, but they cut a huge hole in the lake. And they set up just this big party atmosphere, and then people just dive into and it's tomorrow, frigid, icy, cold water to raise money. I did that last year. I what will time? Because I, I want to put that on my Instagram. It's no. uh, <laughs> everything. It, is it starts out early, and then it goes for like four or five hours because they've got group after group. And I'll tell you what, though, I did it last year with my son and his fire group. If I don't know what he call him, his troop. I don't know, uh, but we went in and dove. I'll tell you what, my body has never felt better. Really? Well, For the then... next, like, four to five hours, every ache and pain was gone. I hit that ice water, and it's a brutal smack. I mean, it's like you want to just crawl out of your skin. It's so cold. <clears throat> but then the rest of the day, I didn't have my arthritis, my aches, pain, everything was gone. That's, that's why athletes will take oh, ice baths. Yeah. They'll sit in a tub and just i mean submerged himself in ice cold water and yeah the cryotherapy right i did it in uh in mexico i, I got into the the ice I, I went into the ice i took the, the ice cold shower it was three you have to do you go hot cold hot cold hot cold the 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 last one though was you uh go into this pool of ice water and you go under um yeah, I didn't. I thought I was gonna die. I was like, <laughs> when I jumped out of that, they they said try to stay down there for a minute. Uh, I, I eight seconds. Right, it really was, was tops for me. I could. Have you seen those cryotherapy chambers? Yes. Where you go and you have to stand still, and they it's like negative a hundred and fifty degrees or yeah. something. I don't. I don't understand how you survive it. Yeah, but you stand in there, and mm-hmm. it's actually it helps reboot your system. Yeah. yeah. Those uh, there's a lot of NFL and NHL players who do it, yeah. and it helps them to recover faster. They they remind Ooh. me of this group of people um, that when they're that cold like that, uh, dead people. Yeah, that's what yeah. they remind me of, and I'm not trying to join them. Of course. No. No, yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> feels so cold. Although I did buy my wife and I the package to go do the cryotherapy chambers, and uh, we let it expire because the idea of standing in negative 180-degree weather... I could just go stand is, outside Yeah, a couple true. weeks ago. Just stand outside in a bathing suit, and there you go. <laughs> What's the place called? What's the... I don't. I think it was like Cryotherapy USA or something was the name of the, the company. There's a bunch of them that yeah, do sure. these different therapies, and... Yeah, but I, I should have done it because, like I said, diving into the ice-cold water, if you've never done it, it, it felt amazing afterwards. I don't know I, if it's because you're just so glad to be alive. All the rest of your aches and pains don't seem important <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Is it, uh, have there any, been any casualties as a result of this polar challenge? I'm sure there have been heart attacks and such. They warn, you know, and they've gotten yeah. paramedics and everybody standing alongside the water. Uh, and they, they cut it into a shallow place so that when you jump in, it's about four feet deep. Okay. Oh. Um, so you're not... You know, you you submerge, but you can stand up and get out right away because you have to stand up and walk out. Well, yeah, I suppose. Otherwise, you don't want people sinking to the bottom in that. No, and I can't. I know they're going to get wicked cold again tomorrow. 
Yeah. Can, can you just donate the money and yeah. just skip the episode? Yeah, you can okay. do that. But the whole thing <laughs> yeah. is, is people, you're paying to watch my son hurt himself and oh, jump into the water. That's oh. a, You know, we're uh, in America, we like our entertainment to be violent and painful. So. Yeah, and at someone else's expense. <laughs> exactly. So I did it last year. I will not be joining him this year. Um, but we are raising the word. Hoping to get up to uh, five grand. I think we're sitting at just around two grand right now. So if you're interested out there and you'd like to make a donation and help Special Olympics, all the money raised goes to help them with training, uh, travel, and their their uniforms, everything they could use. And it's right at darknessradio.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, make the donation. Buck, five bucks, 20 bucks, a million bucks, whatever you got. And you'll be able to help make a difference in the Special Olympians' lives. Uh, so they're doing it tomorrow? I believe it's tomorrow, yeah. Uh, yeah well, it's going to be a low of negative 10 tomorrow, so oh. they better do it early. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. High of 20, but low of negative 10. See, last so year was gonna like be a swing. 40 degrees out, so it was yeah. nice. Uh, I dove in, I came out, it felt like you were then in a sauna. <laughs> yeah. So if that, that's the temperature, then what's the wind chill? Oh, yeah, with the wind chill... Uh, it's you never know really. Uh, winds are going to be about ten miles per hour, so not good. Yeah. Yeah, probably negative twenty to thirty. It'll end up. All right. Guess yeah. who will be? Uh, I'll be on one of those rides in the middle of the mall. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. will we. With some yeah. seven-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> you can join our family. We're all going to Camp Nickelodeon Universe tomorrow to, oh, to yeah, do we're that. Having oh, a family. Oh, yeah. yeah. So well, everybody, we'll come on out and join the Schrader clan as we head on out to the. Uh, like Nickelodeon Universe. Yeah, that's at least we have those indoor parks to keep us yes. sane. In the and state. even the, uh, the indoor pool, you know, uh-huh, like the, the water park. The hotel is like, even we have a, a, an indoor pool. Because that's what you really want to do. You want to go swimming when it's freezing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to get that out of uh, that craving. Um, it's so funny to me. It's just. Yeah. Florida doesn't. My mom, it was like uh, 60 degrees, and she was like, I'm freezing. And she was uh, yep. wearing people a sweater. People start wearing coats, yeah. <laughs> I know. We just laugh. <laughs> I know. Poor people, huh? Do you have kids? I do. Um, I don't talk about them because I don't like them. Um, <laughs> they uh, they won't leave. Mm. Uh, yeah, they won't leave. They don't. They don't leave. No? No, they don't. My daughter's back. She graduated from school. Um, she graduated from UC Davis in June, and she's back home. And my son just moved out. Um, we never thought that would happen, but <laughs> it was glorious. Uh, he's got his own place. Now we see him once a week when he comes to do his laundry because oh, he really yes. he didn't move out. Like, for real, moving out is doing your own laundry, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He well, shows him. I, see, I always tried to convince myself. It made my mom feel like she was still important to me. Oh, to that's what her, he does. To let, let her do my laundry. I'd go home, do that. Or, Mom, you want to come on over and help me clean? I got a girl coming over. Oh. Then she'd come over and help me clean. No, he comes over and he gives us a hug. He likes to give us a group hug. Oh. And then um, you, he's like, I miss you guys. And then, like, ten minutes later, you hear the washing machine going. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's how it works. He's really funny. He's very, uh, he's cool. They're both cool kids. Um I, I I refused to have a third child because my two were good, and I was like, if I have that third one, you're, you're, you're messing with the ratios. Yeah, right? yeah, two's a would, good number. Yeah, yeah. two is great. He's uh, they're both uh, good kids. I my kids tell me that I owe them money because I built a lot of my stand-up career on talking about them. Yes, <laughs> but I said you guys owe me money because I was a cook, a chef, a driver. You know everything that you could imagine. I had to do for those children. So they're they're fun. They're fun. You guys got 11, though, right? Uh, yes. They're not fun. <laughs> well, They're horrible, hateful little human beings that make my life. I am only 34 years old. Look at me. I, mean, I look, look like I'm 68. You look like you've been to the school of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes. <laughs> it okay. is a, it's, no, we love our kids. Just... I love them more when they're at their mom's house. That's, no, I know. That's the thing. You know what's funny is that they they, they got rights now. They can talk about oh, it. I know. Oh, you know, I know. And they know it. And that's the, that's the sad thing. Yeah. Like, we had them. We didn't know it, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't respect anybody who never had to walk to school. Those are the yes. people. I don't respect those people, yeah. right? And I told my children all the time, I don't respect you because you never walked to school. And you never had an aluminum lunchbox. You know, you guys, that's... That's essential to... I still have my Peanuts aluminum lunchbox. Oh, do you? From grade school, yeah. I have a friend who has a collection. Felicia Michaels is a comedian. She has a collection of aluminum lunchboxes in her guest house. She has all of them. It's Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's really cute. It's amazing how much money... People are dumb. What we collect (laughs) is just so dumb. Yeah. I used to... I worked for a company. We sold gold and silver collectible coins. 
and I'd get you on the phone. You dropped ten thousand dollars with me on a coin, and I'd wow. sit there and shake my head. And I was just I couldn't wrap my head around it. And one day my buddy goes to me, he goes, "So you're not selling because you're having a hard time getting around that?" I go, "Yeah, I feel really weird mm-hmm. asking yeah. for this." He goes. You just bought Amazing Fantasy 15 with the first appearance of Spider-Man. It's a nickel worth of paper, five cents worth of ink, and you just spent $4,000. They have gold and silver. Right. If Everybody this has... ever hits the fan, right. you're not going to be able to barter with your Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> He's going to be able to save his children. You're dead. So, yeah, I guess it all the, the collectability concept is a strange You are thing. an artist. You know yeah. what? That's the argument that we have all the time. It... Yeah, my... my uh, my partner here, he and I, we have these arguments because you, when you're driven by passion for art and the things that you love, you will never, ever make sense to someone who sees things through money, right. you know, about money. So they're like, that's gold and silver. And you're like, but what does it do for your heart? That's right. right? That's right. You we know. have to take a quick break. We'll come back with more on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here. Hey, let me ask you, do you know me because you recognize my voice or my face? Good question, isn't it? Let me ask you another one. What do you think when I say priority courier experts? Do you know them because you recognize their trucks or do you know them by their name? Well, let me tell you something you might not know about my friends at Priority. 485 local drivers, 85 office staff, 37 million deliveries since 1997, and an opportunity for you to join their company. Drivers, you can join the fleet in your own vehicle or lease to own one of theirs. Or you can join the office staff and earn the most respectable pay in the business with 15 days off in your first year. Medical, dental, matching 401k, and a genuine chance for advancement. Just ask Samantha, who started as a customer service rep and is now operations manager. Over 5,000 Minnesota companies rely on priority. Because every time you call us, we deliver. Join the team today at Priority.com. That's Priority.com. Welcome back to the program. Ida Rodriguez, our guest. You can see her at the House of Comedy, 7.30 and 9.45 tonight, 7 and 9.30 tomorrow, 7 o'clock on Sunday. We've got a pair of passes that we're going to give away. Honey, how do we do that? Well, I posted on Facebook and Twitter. All you have to do in the comments section is tag a friend that you would like to bring and go see Ida at House of Comedy at Mall of America. And then and you'll I'll, play God and choose who gets to yes, go for free to I the have show? the power to do nice. that. So which where are you posting it? On what site? On Facebook and Twitter. On what account? On the Tom Bernard podcast Thank on you. Facebook. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, yeah, what they're you? just randomly scrambling around looking on <laughs> and Facebook. And it's at Tom Bernard Show on Twitter. Okay, so those are the ways that you can go in. Just go in and tag somebody you'd like to uh, take with to the show, and my wife will play God at some point during today's program and, and award you those passes. And make sure to check out our guest's website, funnyida.com, F-U-N-N-Y-I-D-A. A-I-D-A. A-I-D-A. Oh, my God. It's okay. Say this again. Funny, A-I-D-A. Okay, A-I-D-A.com. All right. Yeah. That's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's my grandmother's name. A lot of people call me Ada because yeah. that's the English pronunciation for the name, which is normal. But my grandmother's name is Ida, and she would mm-hmm. always tell me, that's not your name. It's my name. Mm-hmm. Oh. So you make sure people say it correctly. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm, a gen- I'm the third generation of a Winifred. Oh. That's my real name. And my mom was Winifred. My grandmother's Winifred. But nobody goes by Winnie or Winifred. Wow. Until I met him. And then he's like, I'm calling you Winnie because I grew up being called Cassie. It's wow. A, How, it, when did they get it? What? That's yeah. what my thoughts were. You have a name like Winifred and you're going by Cassie? That seemed like a, a horrible My middle name is my mother's maiden name and it's Cass Stevens. And that's how they got Cassie out of it because my grandfather in the Navy – they nicknamed him Cass. Uh, so, and see, my mom went by Sissy. My grandmother uh, goes by Jakey, 
but nobody goes by Winnie or Winifred. And Winifred is like a regal name. Right? I know, right? Like, we were named after my great-grandfather, Winfred, which yeah. is the male uh, version of it. But yeah, no... <laughs> It, well, my mom was from North Carolina, and no, everybody has nicknames. It's like somebody being named Victoria saying, call me Peaches. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's such a regal name. <laughs> I know, but yeah, he, he loves Winnie, so I, I go by Winnie. Yeah, I like that better than Cassie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No offense. I had no choice. I, I didn't know my name was Winifred until I went started school. Wow. When they did roll I mean. call. Huh. And I'm like, who... That's my last name, but who's Winifred? I found out my name was Winifred. Parents do the most awful things. So my name is Aida Margarita Rodriguez. Margarita mm-hmm. is my mother's name. Mm-hmm. And my mom is oh, the only girl. She has five brothers. All of their daughters have her name. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my I'm Aida Margarita. My cousin is Blanca Margarita. My other cousin is Margarita. So it's we couldn't get away from that. And it's so funny because somebody the other day was making fun of Mar- the name Margarita, and they didn't. They would never. I was like, "That's my my <laughs> millennial." Like, <laughs> millennial. Everybody can't be Hunter. So yeah. stop. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there is Colton. So you've got Hunter and Colton are the big names. Oh, now. and yeah. Brock. Brock's the new one. I've been hearing that name everywhere. What are we back to the eighties? Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Well, huh. the millennial. Yeah. It's like. My name is Brock, and I'm like, oh my god, you are a Brock, aren't you? And it's just, ugh, it's one of those names. When we that... did the cruise, they, <laughs> they had me going out to do ghost stories one night, and they said we've got a campfire set up for you. And I show oh, up, nice. the Millennial Campfire was this light box that blew air, and they uh. had streamers. Uh. And I, looked, I looked at, it, and there's all people my age and older, and I go. How many people are a little disappointed by tonight's campfire? <laughs> I said the millennials have definitely got a different perspective on life, right? You haven't lived till you're trying to just hover that marshmallow over and not burn it too much and not burn your hand. And this is my, I get streamers blown in my face for my fire. I used to just set my marshmallows on fire. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, I mean, the fire, I just people. put them in the fire. Person. They'd set on fire, you blow them out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I did that too. I think as a kid I did that too. So wait a minute, the ghost stories. Yes. So I I believe in ghosts because okay. I uh, I grew up um, uh, in my culture. You know, the, there's a there's a whole spiritual realm that mm-hmm. we are taught when we were little. And um, it's funny because I was when I was little, I always uh, talked about my great my grandfather, my mm-hmm. father's father, and I would tell my mom. My grandfather used to rock me in the rocking chair when I was little. And my mom would always look at me like I was creepy. You know, she would always like, what are you talking about? So when I got older, she finally asked me and she said, when you said that your grandfather would rock you, is that a a dream that you had? And I said, no, he always would rock me when I was little. And she said, he was uh, he died before you were born and you never saw him. You know, I don't even have any pictures of him. And you, you, I would describe him to her. I would always say, oh, he's my skin tone. His eyes were gray. He had his hair. And he had this wooden wheelchair. I mean, rocking chair. I never met him. And I used, he used to visit me. That's awesome. And she would always say that I was creepy. <laughs> they, like I was haunted. Yeah. Um, but it was, he would visit me. And uh, when I was in Reno, I was in a hotel room, and I knew that there were people there that were unsettled. There were spirits there. And uh, my friend who was opening for me was like, you got to stop talking like that. That's really weird. People are going to think that you're crazy. And I'm like, no, I think that if people understood that there is a spiritual realm around mm-hmm. them, you will have peace. They're not, like, trying to kill you like in the movies. They're unsettled spirits that are trying to find their way. Uh, but I grew up always believing and knowing that. So those paranormal stories that you mm-hmm. guys do, what are you what are you guys talking about? Oh well, on our show Beyond the Darkness on Saturdays and Sundays, we talk about you know we take a lot of calls and and emails from listeners sharing those kind of stories. Oh nice. Some of them are just straight out creepy, weird. Some of them are heartwarming. And see, my story is similar to yours. My grandmother passed away when I was about two, and then I would stay at my grandfather's house, and my mom would come to pick me up, and I talk about how grandma came to read to me. Yeah. And then I started describing her to my mom one day. And I said, it's funny because she doesn't have all of her teeth and this, that, and the other. And my grandmother had been buried in a closed casket because she did not do well at the end of her life. She had really dwindled away because she was dealing with uh, cirrhosis. So the only people that knew what she was buried in were my aunt, my grandfather, and the mortician. And I described to a T the dress, the necklace, and the fact that they had removed her false teeth for burial. And when my mom told my aunt that, my aunt was kind of flipped out. And she goes, well, I've got something to tell you. Mom's called me twice. 
since she died. Mm. So it's always been a part of our life where we've had these these stories. But yeah, my grandmother just used to come and read to me and sit on my bed and talk to me. And I have no physical memory of that. I just have the memory of my parents telling me about it growing up. But then I grew up in a haunted house in Illinois and, you know, being in this for 13 years and, and traveling the world, I've, I've had a chance to go to all kinds of haunted spots and see some really amazing and very creepy places. In New Orleans? Yes. We just came back from uh, New Orleans. So there's a hotel there that... the, the Many. That workers won't go past the fifth floor. Mm. Um, it's in the in the quarters because they um, they said that every single one of them that have gone up of the fifth floor has they've all experienced uh, and they've all had an experience with something that's of another life. Mm. And so the funny thing is a promoter booked me and he booked me in that hotel and I, and the the workers were like they got you on the 6th floor. The bellman was like you got to go up there by yourself. Nobody's going <laughs> to really? go up there with you. Yeah, so I made them change my hotel. It's on Canal Street. Wow. Yeah, I wish if you can find out what the hotel is, let I'll us know. I send it to you cuz I have it. I still have the email with the name. Sure. He uh they said there was a a, a little boy died in the in one of the rooms uh -huh. and that the hotel's been haunted ever since. Well, we went to this uh, Bloody Mary, not like the shirt, but Bloody Mary. Who I was going to say, ghost I, tours. I see that. She does these ghost tours in New Orleans, mm -hmm. and uh, we went to her um, museum of haunted items and everything. And she takes us upstairs, and she's like, you know, I've got it set up with cameras so you guys can do some paranormal investigating. So we went in, and it was funny. My one friend, who's a detective, walked right in, walked back to the bathroom, and just kind of stood there and looked at the bathtub. I walked up and stood in front of the, the stove. And I just felt pulled to the area, and I had no clue. I mean, it, those are like the two least places you would think of being haunted. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, we find out that uh, the, the two people that were associated with this place are considered the last casualties of Katrina. It was the Katrina cannibal killer. So this guy ended up butchering his girlfriend, slow cooking her. Uh, they said there might have been a few nibbles off of one of the legs, but uh, he had taken her apart and then went to another hotel, took a nosedive off the top, and had a, a whole suicide letter in his pocket. And it's just one of the weirdest stories. But she said the pieces were left in the bathtub and sitting simmering on the stove. So it was weird oh, that my, two, wow. my buddy and I went to those two spots and we both just stood there kind of perplexed by it. And what was the name of the couple? Um, oh, it was Zach and Addie. Yeah, Zach and Addie. Yeah, I was gravitated right towards the bathroom too. I went right toward and just stared into the tub. That's so it's a very right uh, bathroom. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a great place for just high strangeness. But yeah. you know, the Fister Hotel in in Wisconsin is crazy haunted, and uh, sports figures are sent there. You know, so if they're going to be in town playing, they'll they'll send them to the Fister and book them in these haunted rooms. And pitchers have complained they couldn't get a night of sleep. Something kept grabbing the blankets off them yeah. or pulling them by their feet on the end of the bed. So these other teams have gotten a kick out of it. Like the Brewers, they'll send them to the Fister for those reasons. Oh, wow. Book those haunted rooms to screw with the people. But there's articles <laughs> left and right online where the, the the athletes are like, nope, I'm done. I'll just I'll go stay at the Super 8 before I'll go to the Fister Hotel now. Yeah, no, they were bothering me at the hotel in Reno. They wouldn't leave me alone. Um, and I could feel um, I had the, the sleep paralysis is what they call it, but they, they were holding me down. And then the next day I was trying to take a nap and I could feel somebody on my arm and I just said, leave me alone. And they never bothered me again. But I was so angry. I was like, just leave me alone. And, uh, and my friend was uh, came over to the hotel room. And he's a gay Asian guy that laughs really like he has a very weird laugh. I can't do it. Aiden. And he was like, um, is there something in here? Like there's something, it's something feel, he has this nervous laughter. He just like, I could feel something weird in here. And I'm like, yes, there's spirits in here. But when people say, you know, they're like, they don't want to believe that it's, do you honestly think that we are just, we're so self-centered that we think that this is it? No, I think a lot of people are, are, I think there's a lot more opening up. That's why you see paranormal shows. I mean, mm -hmm. even the animal planet had a paranormal show. Travel Channel, they're going to have a whole slew of new paranormal programming. Um, A&E, uh, you know, all the major networks at one point or another have had paranormal-themed shows. I think people are fascinated by it. I think they're more frightened by it. Yeah. I've, I've always had an overwhelming fear of death, so I've wanted to know more. That's why I keep pushing to try to understand what comes next. And I've seen some really weird experiences, but I'm left with more questions than I am answers. I don't know that we're necessarily seeing the ghost of Grandma. Right. Now, in your case, it was interesting because Grandpa came back to rock you and my grandmother came back to read to me. That fits into the parameters of what we would think of as ghosts. But a lot of times, I just think we might be bumping into echoes yeah. 
you know, uh, of the past and in pre- the future. Sometimes we can't understand why a house is haunted. Well, we're thinking linear that it has to be something in front of us, but it could be something from the future. And they're just, you know, it's an echo going back into time. And that's what we're experiencing. That's interesting. I, th- I think that th- everybody else got quiet. Everybody's like, yeah. man, not Mall of America, the ghost. Mall of America is haunted. Is it? Yeah, the underwater world, the sea, sea life underwater world downstairs, um, they have sleepovers. And they actually had me in to do a full-on investigation on TV, and we had some really weird things happen. At one point, we're standing there, and one of the side doors slams. And I go over there, and I go to open it, and I can't open it. I go, oh, it's locked. She goes, that door doesn't lock. I go, and I'm Paul. I couldn't get it to do. I, I let go of it. The girl walks over and touches, and the door just swings wide open as mm. she's watching me battle to try to get this door open. Um, but uh, on that side of the building, they've had some tragic deaths. People have taken jumps off of the parking ramp. And oh, no. And when it was Camp Snoopy, there were a few deaths on some of the rides. So people have seen and witnessed a lot of weird stuff at the, at the Mall of America. I think people have fallen off escalators over there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you said it's haunted, and that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, that... I, I want to say, wasn't it Orny Adams, the both times that he was here at House of Comedy, that's when that happened? That would make a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see it was Orny Adams. Had they just watched his show? Is that what he said? (laughs) That's what he said. He's like, maybe they came and saw me and took a leap. Mm -hmm. Well, they had that one guy a few years ago who was shoplifting and was running from security, and he was on the top level on the fifth floor, ran to that rotunda and just jumped. Yeah. I think I'd just give the stuff back. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Seems a bit extreme on a way to get rid of it. But, uh, yeah, so the Mall of America's got a lot of energy. You'll have to see if you can pick up on that. They follow me. Yeah. You probably pick up a lot of the echoes of rejection because that used to be, what was it, Gators nightclub? Mm-hmm. Ah! I spent many nights there getting shot down. So you could probably still feel the echoes of my depression. <laughs> think about all the guys at Hooters. I mean, oh. every night. I never think yeah. of guys at Hooters. Well, so think, I just you mean, and I have different perspectives. From, from, from a rejection <laughs> angle, you know. <laughs> Oh, God. But, no, it's a, it's a really special place. I mean, it's kind of an odd place for a comedy club. But yeah. um, I will say my favorite thing about House of Comedy is how diverse our performers are. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We have a very diverse group of performers and diverse audiences as well. Um, probably much more so than some of the other clubs, like in the upper Midwest. So if there's one thing I could say, it's like, you know, we you will see some different angles and different styles at House of Comedy that you might not see at other typical comedy clubs. They booked me. Yeah, they booked uh, you. And even though uh, we've had this very political and spiritual conversation here, I actually got some jokes. So if you come down to the House of Comedy, I'll share them with you. See, I prefer having a comedian that can come in and just have a nice discussion. Oh, it doesn't yeah. have to be like they're on the entire time. So I appreciate you just your set right now. <laughs> no, you know what? You I, have eight seconds. Let's hear the best of it. I, I, um, I will, you know, th- that's where I battle because a lot of people do that like and when you go into some of the radio shows they're like they're like they've read your stuff Mm -hmm. or they've heard your stuff and they're trying to pitch you you know so that you can go back and and hit them with a joke it feels disingenuous right I mean because when you go if you brought a dentist in here to talk right you don't ask them to do a procedure and put it on YouTube (laughs) you just have a conversation with as a human being who happens Mm -hmm. to be a dentist I just don't like to be on all the time because I feel like First of all, it's not naturally who I am. I, I, you know, he saw me on stage yesterday. I become a comedian on stage, and then in life, I'm just a person. Yeah. But um, you know, I I appreciate the diversity. I was a house of comedy in Arizona, and I do like that there were Somalis in the audience. There were, you know, white people, black people. There was a Mexican woman that was one of the liveliest audience members I've had in in months. And it was fun. We had a real good time. So cool. not what I expected in Minnesota. Well, Ida Rodriguez at the House of Comedy tonight, 730 and 945. Tomorrow, 7 and 930. And Sunday, 7 o'clock. You can still get tickets, so go check it out. That's it. Stay tuned. We've got more guests and more show coming your way right Thank here on the you. Tom Bernard Show.